Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. On this episode, I have my recap of Luann and Sonia's Welcome to Crappy Lake, and I'm also breaking down the newest episode of The Real Housewives of Orange County. I'm conflicted by Tamara Judge. I don't know what to do. I love that she's making the show watchable and enjoyable again, but I also think she is doing the absolute most. Also, I love having Emily back because she missed the girl's trip to Montana. Emily was, let me tell you something, she was on it this episode. She was calling people out. She was asking all the right questions. So I might have to give a round of applause to uh, Emily because she she really did the damn thing. Also, uh, Jen, 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 stop allowing these women to use your messy-ass life for a storyline. <laughs> I don't want to waste any more of your time. Let's get into the newest episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. So now we have Luann and Sonia, Welcome to Crappy Lake. This is season one, episode three, titled Gone Mudden. So we start off the morning after Luann and Sonia's night out at the barn, and it turns out Sonia did take Billy back to her motel for a little Benton bang bang, or I guess a, Louis, a Louisiana bang bang. And uh, listen, it seems like Sonia got her pipes cleaned and she is feeling good. And I can't help but feel like Luann's a tad bit jealous that Sonya got her some on their first night in Benton, or maybe second night, and uh, Luann lucked out. Even though I feel like Luann should not feel bad. I mean, to me, to me at least, there weren't many viable options at that local Benton hole-in-the-wall dive bar. So now Sue. Suan, Luann and <laughs> Sonia are uh, outside trying to visualize their happy hour that they're going to put on for the town. And they're on this, you know, patch of grass by the road and they get a call from the public works director who will be assisting them with building a park for Benton. So then Sonia and Luann get to the location of the park, and of course, the space needs some work. They need to clean up some brush and clear the abandoned air conditioners people dumped. Like, did none of the citizens be like, uh, can you please stop dumping your old and used air conditionings in, you know, our lawn or our public green space? Like, what's what's going on? <laughs> You know, people are just dumping air conditioning, <laughs> air conditioners, because there's just open land and no one's doing anything about it. But I have to say that I love that Luann and Sonia came to work, came to participate and contribute to the community, all while having a good time and getting laid by the locals. So, you know, work hard, play hard. And they are working hard and playing, dare I say, even harder. So uh, I have to say that Sonia is always on it, and she starts pitching to Craig, the public works director, to perform as a rodeo clown for the Benton Follies variety show. And then Sonia starts tumbling through the grass, and in this moment, I'm like, Sonia, you do not know what's in that lawn, because all those people that live in that neighborhood probably take their dogs to that patch of land for them to relieve themselves and probably don't clean it up and they get to moving. So I bet you Sonya rolled through dog poop 
and got it all over her. So then we get to mudding with Billy. And while on the way to go mudding, Sonia and Luann ride through the town and notice a lemonade stand. So they stop to help. And Luann uses her sex appeal, because if you got it, flaunt it to help stop traffic to direct people over to the lemonade stand. But one thing I noticed is that most of the people stopping for Luann were women, not men. So how you doing, Benton? Um, But they were honestly probably stopping for Luann because they're like, oh my gosh, is that a real housewife of New York? Um, So they were probably fans of Luann. But um, Luann and Sonia helped raise almost $300 for that homeless shelter. Now, I'm not sure how far $300 goes in Benton, but they might need to do a couple of more lemonade stands to uh, fund that homeless shelter in Benton, Illinois. But keep up the faith, keep up the fight, and keep on doing uh, your lemonade stands. And maybe, you know, your mom who owns like the local coffee or tea shop maybe needs to show a little bit more skin to get some more donations, you know? I'm not trying to pimp out the mom, but, you know, it worked for Luann, so it might work for her because, you know, she's a beautiful woman, that lady that was dressed like, you know, a 1950s housewife. So then when the ladies get to the mudding location, Billy shows up in a white stretch limo from the 90s. Like, these are the limos, like, you take for a funeral. And I want to know, where on earth did Billy find this limo? Like, did Billy drive this limo from Louisiana because this was his only ride? Like, where do you find a white stretch limo from the 90s? It was like a Lincoln Continental stretch limo from the 90s. Where do you find that in Benton? Like, do you make a call like, hey, I got these fancy girls from New York here and we're taking them mudding. So I want to be a little fancy for them and, uh, you know, take them on a ride in a fancy stretch limousine because I'm sure that's what they're used to in New York. No, uh, people have car services, Ubers, you know, people take will take an SUV. That will be their car service. So, um, but at least Billy put some thought into it. And listen, the ladies had a great ride on that stretch limo to uh, the mudding spot. And then they get to the mudding stop spot, and then there are these huge monster trucks, which I was not expecting, uh, but I was fascinating fascinated, excuse me, uh, because, you know, I wasn't down for the noodling and sticking your hand in a catfish hole to catch a catfish, but I might be down for mudding as long as it's not too hot outside. And I did see the temperature earlier. It was like 98 degrees with 93% humidity. So like I would go mudding on like a day where it's like 82 degrees and like 55% humidity. I would be down for the mudding. So Billy and Sonia get stuck in the mud and Luann and Jared, not me, but the mud and Jared come to the rescue to pull them out of the mud. And then after that, Billy and Jared play tug of war with cars. I, you know, listen, I'm not from a small town. I've said this many times that many times that I'm from Long Island, New York. And like, you know, when people think of New York, they think of New York City, but there are small towns in the state of New York. I've just never been to them and I've never lived in them. But I want to know, are these activities common in small town America? Are people playing tug of wars with car? 
cars, tug of war with cars? Uh, are people going mudding in monster trucks? Like, let me know, small town America, if you were listening and like this, what people do in Benton, what you've seen on Welcome to Crappy Lake, if this is familiar to your small town lifestyle, let me know. Because otherwise, I'm like, wow, there's really nothing to do in this town. And so they come up with the craziest things to occupy their time. But like, it, you know, it's better. It beats the alternative. Like, you know, a meth addiction, a crack addiction, like something like that. So um, I guess Billy wins the tug of war with the cars. And then Luann gives Sonia's Billy. Yes. I'm putting Sonia and Billy together. Luann gives Sonia's Billy a kiss on the lips for winning a tug of war. When, in actuality, when Luann was going in for the kiss, Billy turned his cheek. So this is a man of high standards. I guess not high standards, but maybe a man who is respectful of the fact that Sonia is his current woman. Woman, They're having a good time. They're doing a little Benton bang bang. And so it's not appropriate for Billy to be kissing Sonia's friend on the lips. But, you know, Luann let him know. No, I don't want to give you a kiss on the cheek. I'm giving you a kiss on the lips. And, like, I feel like Luann, I mean, listen, I didn't realize this in this moment. I realized this years ago. Luann is the one you need to watch out for because just when you think your man is your man, Luann is waiting on the sidelines for your sloppy seconds. And then six months later, she's going to be engaged to him. And then several months later after that, they're going to break up. And then, you know, Sonia, you can go back to Billy. So then we get to the last scene and it's the meeting with the mayor. And uh, Sonia and Luann meet with the mayor to update him on the progress of the playground. And things are going well at this moment. You know, Sonia shows the mayor the picture of the playground that they're working on getting for Benton. And then 24 hours later, we find out that Sonia is letting Luann know that they are not getting the playground due to inventory issues. And you can tell that Sonia is like deeply upset by this because I'm sure like, you know, you're helping this town kind of rebrand themselves and be a place where people want to come and visit, even though, you know, I have not yet discovered something worth visiting Benton about, but if you want to go to the barn or if you want to go to go mudding or if you want to go noodling, you know, I guess Benton is a place for you. I just, I'm sure there are other places that have more to offer where you can also do those things. So like, you know, Sonia and Luann have shown up trying to help this town. And they're invested. You can tell they care. You can tell they're invested. And you can tell that Sonia feels bad about the fact that they are not able to provide the playground that they have worked on getting and the playground that they have promised. But then, (laughs) of course, Luann and Sonia make a funny moment happen, and they practice bringing the news to the cardboard cutout of the mayor. And I'm just, I'm wondering how that conversation will go. It'll be fine because remember, you know, when Luann called out the mayor and was like, mayor, this car you gave us has no AC. The mayor was like, I am so deeply sorry for hurting you like this. So I feel like the mayor is going to understand because, you know, listen, they've been waiting three years to build this park or this playground because of lack of funding. So, you know, they might have to wait 
just a little longer. So now we have the real Housewives of Orange County. This is season 17, episode 7, titled, Oh No Bo You Didn't. Or is it, oh no, it's Oh No no Boo You Didn't? <laughs> I don't know. I fudged that up. Forgive me. <laughs> so we have this first scene uh, with Shannon and John Jansen, as uh, Shannon always likes to call her boyfriend by his first and last name. So Shannon and John are hanging out, I believe, at John's boathouse. And Shannon Shannon is basically asking what their future will look like now that her daughters will be moving out and going to college. And I feel like, you know, Shannon is asking, are we going to move in together? And John is coming up with hella excuses like, you know, you're going to be busy and I don't want to be part of that chaos. You know, he's like, oh, my gosh. Well, now we're going to have three dogs in the house. And I think what John means to say is I don't want to live with you. And I wish he would just say that because it's obvious to me. Unfortunately, it's not obvious to Shannon. Not obvious at all, but it was obvious to me. Was it obvious to you guys? Let me know. So, like, in defense of John Jansen, a little defense, I could understand being a man of a particular age, your kids are adults, you have your place on the water, and I can understand not wanting to give up that bit of peace that you have in your life and the convenience of having a long-term girlfriend, a long-term partner, and having your own separate spaces. And like, you know, she comes over to his place. He goes over to their place. And then they, you know, go their separate ways. And maybe they don't see each other for two or three days. And then they come back together. I feel like that is what John has enjoyed the convenience of all these years. But as we know, once filming wrapped of this season, John Jansen broke up with Shannon. And I think John told People Magazine that he he knew that he did not want to be in a relationship with Shannon Storms Bedore while filming this season. But he did not want to break up with her during the season because he did not want to embarrass her. But like, listen, screw embarrassment. How about not wanting to waste her time anymore? Like, that should be enough for you. Listen, Shannon's going to be embarrassed whether you do it on the show while she's filming or do it after the show. Because doing it after the show just made you look shady as hell. Honestly. It's like, yo, what is it with men not being able to articulate that they are no longer interested in being in the relationship that they're in? What is it? I'm a man and I don't even know. But I've never done this mess to anyone. But, you know, I've heard and maybe known some people that have, you know, but hopefully they learn from their lessons. I don't know. Let me move on. Um, But I do believe that this conversation might have been an early indicator that John Jansen has checked out of this relationship, unfortunately. I, I really root for Shannon. Like, you know, the difference between Shannon and the ups and downs we witness in her relationships, whether it's with John Jansen or her ex-husband, David Bedore, is like we have gotten to know Shannon over the past several years. And so we're invested in her life. And I don't know about you guys, but I root for Shannon Bedore to win. I feel like Shannon deserves happiness and she deserves a true love in her life. The differences with 
Jen being on the show is at this point, episode seven, and I'll mention this later, I'm sick of hearing about her affair with Ryan. I don't care anymore. And I, I don't say that to be mean. You know, I think Jen is doing an okay job as a new housewife. But the thing is, it's like we don't know Jen well enough to be invested in her relationship. Whether it's her ex-husband and cheating on him or the affair with Ryan. Like, we, we don't, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> so moving on to this uh, nail salon scene with Tamara, Emily, and Heather. Heather basically catches up with Emily on the drama that happened between her and Taylor in Montana. And Heather is like, she called me condescending. She thinks that, uh, uh, she said that, I think that I'm better than the movie role that Taylor offered her. And then Emily, very honestly, lets Heather know, well, you can be hurtful sometimes. And listen, I love that Emily is willing to tell you to your face and not behind your back. But Heather's like, hold up, wait a minute now, let me put my two cents in this. And listen, at this moment when Heather is explaining that she took time out of her life to show up for Taylor with her acting coach, I don't think Heather understands that she's explaining it like she did an act of service for Taylor, like it was like a -a make-a-wish or she did something for charity, or like it was a task for her to show up as Taylor, for Taylor, not as Taylor. You know, when this is your new friend, I would be, I would hope if like, say I got an acting role and I invited one of my friends that has experience and success in acting, and I invited them to my coaching to assist, I would hope that my friend would not show up out of feeling obligated or feeling like, well, let me let me do this for Jared, you know, even though I'm busy in my life and I don't really have time for this or I'm above this, you know, and that's how Heather comes off, even though it's unintentional, it seems like Heather does have a lack of awareness, self-awareness, uh, but honestly, a lack of self of self-awareness, excuse me. That's what makes a great housewife. Like, the fact that these women are able to show up on camera and act the way they do, completely, completely oblivious to the fact that how they think they are is not how we see them. And then they're shocked when they get backlash from viewers. So, like, having lack of self-awareness is honestly, you know, one of the boxes you need to tick when you're, you know, casting a, a new housewife. So, you know, and that's why Heather Dubrow is a housewife. So we move on to uh, Jen's yoga studio with Gina. And Gina meets up with Jen at the yoga studio. And Gina apologizes to Jen for everything leading up to Montana and what happened in Montana. Gina says that she realized that Jen's situation forced her to deal with, like I said last week, the trauma that she has packed away and has not dealt with. And I'm like... Thank the Lord. Hopefully, last week was the last time Gina has a meltdown about Jen's affair because she's triggered. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Gina. I like you again, and I'm sorry I kind of went in on you last week. Please forgive me, even though I meant everything I said, but please forgive me. I I, I just have, have a job to do, even though I'm not getting paid for this yet. You know, we're all here to give our opinions unfiltered. And I did that because I was 
at last week's episode, I'm wondering what on earth is going on with Gina? There has to be a bigger reason why she is like so the reason why she won't let this bone go because it does not impact her. And we find out it's because Gina did not deal with her stuff that she dealt with, with her ex-husband. So we get to Heather's Nobu dinner, fancy pants, Nobu dinner. Listen, listen, if you, one thing I will say about Heather Dubrow, she knows how to put together a situation, an event. And I like the fact that instead of just arriving to Nobu in a car, like most people do, they took, I guess, a Duffy, a small boat across the water to Nobu to have, to Nobu, I said, I think I said Nobu, uh, to Nobu to have dinner on their dock. Um, so like Heather's really good at presentation and, and, Events. She's really good. And, you know, when you have the money to blow, you know, you can do it like this. I think last season, didn't she throw like a $40,000 dinner catered by Nobu? Like, listen, <laughs> run that card. <laughs> run that card. So, um, oh, where was I? M- missed my place on my notes. Okay, so yes, we're at Heather's Nobu dinner night. And Taylor Armstrong is the first to arrive. And I love that before all the other ladies arrived, before they all got wasted, Heather took a moment to clear the air. But in Heather's confessional, she confirms that she kind of didn't mean her apology to Taylor. But what she does know is Taylor regrets her actions in the matter. Why apologize if you don't mean it? But on the other hand, I also understand why she did it. Because Heather needs a friend. I've said this many times in this podcast about with my recaps of Orange County is that I don't feel like Heather actually has a friend in this group. And I feel like Heather is on an island. And honestly, Heather, you need a friend. So I understand why you apologize. It was probably to get, it was probably to get Taylor to apologize to you. You know how sometimes you apologize to someone, even though you don't mean it so that they can then apologize to you. So you can now like move on. I think that's what happened. But, um, listen, I just have to say, anytime you need a friend, I will be here. Another Mariah song. One of my favorite Mariah songs, by the way. So now, uh, Heather has also invited the acting coach, Lauren, Taylor's acting coach, and now she, Lauren is hanging out with the ladies. And honestly, I hope to see her more. Now, I have to mention... I'm not trying to make this about race, but, you know, this is the first really woman of color that I've seen around these women in years, years. And I say that because in the book, Not All Diamonds and Rosé, which is a book about the creation of the Real Housewives that uh, where all the Real Housewives present past, even friends of, participated in, including Bravo executives, including producers, including Andy Cohen himself. So in this book, it was mentioned that they have tried for years to diversify the Real Housewives of New York, even, I mean, not New York, of Orange County, even asking the other housewives on the show if they have any black friends. And I forget which housewife. I think Elizabeth from last year, I think she's the one that said, you know, like, like listen, I, I, I don't have any black friends. And that's okay. There are many people around the world that don't have people outside their race as friends. I don't have a problem with that. 
I would have had more of an issue if they issue if they found a random black woman or Asian woman or Hispanic woman and just plopped her in the group. Because that, to me, is not authentic. And that's kind of where Real Housewives of New York went off the rails because they just added Ebony K. Williams to this group of friends, even though Ebony had no real-life connection with these ladies. And yes, some of them kind of traveled in the same circle. But if you think about it, the former Real Housewives of New York... That's not the type of people that Ebony K. Williams hangs out with. But I think it's funny in this moment, (laughs) Heather found a black friend and she was like, we won. I feel like she called a producer. She was like, I found a black friend and immediately invited her into the group. But little does Lauren know, she has no clue what she has signed up for. But I hope we see more of her. So the ladies start talking about Montana And I have to mention the fact that Emily is very skilled, more skilled at stirring the pot than Tamara is. Emily knows how to, you know, it kind of comes out of nowhere, but she knows how to bring up a conversation. She knows how to ask the right questions. And maybe that's the lawyer in her. But I wish, like, Tamara would, you know, take a note out of Emily's book and kind of, like, tone it down a little bit. But I'll, I'll, I'll get into Tamara you know, a little later, um, actually soon. Um, I have to say that, of course, the conversation about Jen's affair with Ryan comes up yet again. And I wish Jen would have realized by now that these ladies are using her dirty laundry to produce content for this show. And instead of just shutting it down once and for all, Jen keeps feeding them Because at this point in this episode, I said this earlier, I'm sick of hearing about Jen's affair. It has been a topic of discussion on every episode. I'm over it. Ladies, can you give us something else? Can you give us something different? Or are you going to ride Jen's affair all the way to the end of the season? It can't be. You can't give us a whole season of just discussing Jen's affair. There has to be more. Has to be. But then, of course, Tamara starts to get activated and says that she's worried about Jen being with Ryan. And Jen's like, well, you're the one airing my dirty laundry to our friends, my new friends. And Tamara's like, nope, it wasn't me. Uh, Tamara, girl, it was you. It wasn't only you, but you were the one that has revealed things about Jen's relationship that you knew of, that only a small group of people knew of. So, yes, Tamara. You were doing what Jen accused you of. And instead of denying it, I wish you would just own it. And I also have to say in this moment, I feel like Tamara was trying to antagonize Jen into going into like full housewife mode at the table. And Jen kind of started to get into it, but then she caught herself and she says, Tamara, I'm not doing this with you. And Tamara's like, do it with me. Mm hmm. See, at that moment. I'm not really sure if Tamara's trying to produce a moment for television, but it certainly seems like it. And she's trying to get Jen to help her create a moment for television, even though it's at Jen's expense. But Jen has not a re- <laughs> Jen has not realized this yet. And it's sad because uh, I could sniff this a mile away. And then Jen says, Tamara, you need to watch it. And then Tamara's like, I need to watch it. 
And then Tamara throws a napkin in Jin's face, storms off, and says, fuck you. And Lauren is sitting back like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Lauren is shocked at this behavior. Lauren's like, we don't do this in my thespian circle of friends. We just break out into song and dance and sing like Wicked or Hair, you know. Let the sun shine. Let the sun shine in. The sun shine in. I swear I have a better voice than what you hear, but I'm not warmed up. You know? <laughs> I do. I, I can do a little doo-wop-wop. It may not sound like it, but you know, I'm just I'm just having fun. I'm just having fun. Um, but listen, when Tamara walks away, and of course Shannon chases after Tamara, um, when the other ladies around the table are like, you know, if you I think Heather says, if you feel like you need to say something then say something. And Jen is not saying anything. And at this point, I'm like, Jen, defend yourself. Do something. Throw a drink in Tamara's face. Something. And I don't even condone that. I don't like, you know, when they throw drinks in people's face. I don't, I'm not into that. But like, if I were Jen at this moment, after Tamara threw a napkin in my face, just because I said she needed to watch it, I would have probably thrown a glass of wine in Tamara's face, if I were Jen. That's just me. I don't condone the behavior, but that's probably how I would have reacted. And, you know, Jen, these ladies are genuinely trying to offer you a lifeline. And she just refuses to grab onto the life raft. Save yourself, Jen. Save yourself. Because none of these other ladies, especially Tamara, are going to save you. Because she is using all the dirt she has on you to make a moment <laughs> and cement her status back as a real housewife of Orange County. So <laughs> while Tamara's outside having a moment with Shannon, Emily then calls out Heather and calls her phony for acting like she's best friends with Tamara when that wasn't the tune Heather was singing last year. And I agree with Emily. I do think Heather is afraid of Tamara because Tamara plays dirty. Tamara goes below the belt. And unlike some of these other women, Heather and her husband, her family, kind of have more to lose than the rest of them. Like, they, the Dubros are rich, you know, Heather had, not Heather, Terry has, you know, a business. He has a plastics practice, plastics, plastic surgery, if you don't know what that meant. You know, so I understand Heather not wanting to muddy the waters with Tamara, but, like, also, don't kiss her ass at the same time and then, like, act oblivious to, like, when Tamara's acting a fool and throwing people under the bus and betraying her friend or, like, at least... Don't don't defend it, Heather. You're better than that because you know damn well, he not Heather, Tambra is in the wrong. Sorry. There was like a spider on my door and I kind of like squished it with my foot. And now I have spider guts on the bottom of my foot. So um, I apologize. And I really probably did not need to explain that to you. I swear I'm not a dirty individual, you know, but who wants a spider climbing on their balcony door and then, you know, 
while I'm asleep, all of a sudden, you know, it crawls up my nose and lays eggs up there. And then I have a bunch of baby spiders living in my nasal cavity. So, you know, I pretty much just prevented a personal tragedy from happening. So then, of course, Tamara returned to the table and she wants to know what she missed. And Tamara, if you didn't try to create a moment for television, you wouldn't have missed anything. And then Tamara tells Jen that she's livid. And I'm glad Jen paid her dust and ignored her. Pay her dust. Ashes to ashes and dust to thirsty housewives. Goodness gracious. And then Heather lets Shannon know that she just got a text from David Bedore. No, Heather got a text from Heather. No. Oh, my gosh. What is happening? Heather got a text from her husband. What's her husband's name? Terry Dubro. Yes. Heather gets a text from her husband, Terry Dubro, who lets Heather know that David Bedore, Shannon's ex-husband, is getting a divorce. But Shannon says that she already knows. And when Shannon says that, she seems pretty fine. But then Shannon gets up from the table to call her daughter, Sophie, and Shannon then gets emotional. And sometimes I feel like Shannon puts on a front, like everything's okay when it's not. But I understand that she's trying to be strong for her daughters. And Shannon also shared that, you know, this day that they're doing this Nobu dinner is her wedding anniversary with David. And then David announces his divorce from his new wife, second wife, on their former wedding anniversary. And I'm sure that was a lot for Shannon to process emotionally. And to me, it's kind of obvious in this episode that you know, like I said, John Jansen, Shannon's boyfriend at the time, because now they're not together, they're just friends. John Jansen is kind of checked out and has one foot out the door. And I wonder if Shannon subconsciously knows this, but like, didn't want to admit it to herself. I don't know. But I'm rooting for you, Shannon Storms Bedore. I'm always rooting for you. But I have to say that I'm uh, slightly conflicted about Tamara being back on the show. On one hand, I'm like, you know, Tamara has returned. She's here to do what she has to do as a housewife to bring the Real Housewives of Orange County back to life. And then on the other hand, I'm like, Tamara is doing way too much. And it feels forced. It feels self-produced. And when I say self-produced, it's like not arriving in a scene honest and authentically, but instead producing yourself, hyping yourself up, telling yourself that you have to say these things or do these things to make a good show. That's what I mean by self-produced. Because so far in every episode, we have seen Tamara have a moment, but she's usually drunk, a little wasted, drunk. So I'm wondering, honestly, because, listen, side note, last week I found out that Tamara Judge blocked me on Twitter. Now, I don't know why. You know, I do post clips of my podcast on uh, social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, you know, to promote my podcast episodes. So I don't know if Tamara heard one of my clips where I was talking about her. I don't know if Tamara listened to an episode of my podcast where I happened to be mentioning her, but I noticed on Twitter last week that Tamara 
blocked me. And I'm confused by that because I'm, I really have not said anything nasty about her. I've only given my opinion about what we've seen on this season. And based on what people are saying on social media, people have a lot of strong opinions about how Tamara is acting this season. So, like, also, Tamara's the one to talk about, you know, she's not thin-skinned, you know, and it's like, how, how did you let little old me cause you to block me? I haven't done anything. So who's the villain? Me or you, Tamara? But, uh, sorry for my rant. So what I'm wondering about Tamara is what was her headspace like when she was coming back on this show, when she's filming these first couple of episodes of this show? In my mind, I'm asking myself, was Tamara putting pressure on herself because she was rehired after being fired and Tamara, you know, decides to pregame a little too hard before group scenes to loosen up? But it ends up causing her to go balls to the wall in these scenes. And I wish Tamara knew that she doesn't have to do all of this. Like, Tamara, if you're listening, if one of your family members, friends, assistant is listening, you don't have to do all of this. Remember that the reason why you got hired back onto the Real Housewives of Orange County is because how you were on Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2. You know, Tamara, you were a good friend of Vicky. You know, you stirred the pot when you needed to. You confronted situations like Dorinda when she was, you know, reprimanding you like you were her child. You did what you had to do in that moment. You confronted Brandy when you had to. Like, Tamara played the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip really well. It was a more balanced Tamara. And then now we have her back on the show and... The Tamra that I kind of enjoyed on Ultimate Girls Trip is not this Tamra. And I wish that Tamra knew that she doesn't have to do all of this. You can still stir the pot. You can still gossip. You can still call people out without doing it the way you're doing it, Tamra. And my fear is, honestly, that viewers are going to get sick of her antics again like they did before. And Tamra's going to get fired again. That's my fear for Tamara, honestly. But yeah, that's it for the Real Housewives of Orange County. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This has been a jam-packed week. If you not, if you have not listened to my other episodes, uh, you know, Wednesday's episode was my recap of Atlanta and the new Real Housewives of New York. Also, when you guys listen to this, it's going to be Friday. Also on this day, I have my interview out with Alex Propson from Below Deck Sailing Yacht Season 4. So if you have not listened to that yet, you can. You can also watch the interview on the Bravo Tea with Jared B. YouTube page. So, you know, support the interview, show Alex some love, comment, you know, subscribe, Follow, you know, reach out in my DMs. Follow me on Bravo T with Jared B on Instagram, Bravo T with JB on Twitter. I'm on TikTok as well. I'm on threads as well. You know, message me, slide in my DMs. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you have any questions, any comments. I would love to hear from you guys. I sincerely thank you for supporting this podcast. It means the world to me. I'm having so much fun doing this because I've been watching Bravo for years and it feels good to just talk about these shows that I love. 
I'm really enjoying it. So that's all the Bravo tea I have for you. Excuse me. That's all the Bravo tea I have for you today. I love you guys for listening. And I hope you guys have a great weekend. Deuces. Deuces.